Today's video is brought to you by StoryboardThat.com. Please visit TeacherCast.net slash StoryboardThat for a limited time offer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tech Educator Podcast, episode number 69 for October 5th, 2014. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and as usual, we are here live on TeacherCast.tv as we are each and every week at 7 o'clock. We have an amazing show tonight. Tonight, we're talking about high-tech ways to communicate with parents and students. You know, all over Twitter, people are talking about ways to connect with parents, ways to connect with students, and sometimes the phone just isn't the best method. So we have some very special guests with us. I'll leave our very special guests for the end. I want to bring on the Tech Educator co-host tonight, Mr. David Saunders. David, how are you tonight? How are things out there where you are? Things are great. It's getting dark out, which is making me a little sad, but I'm looking forward to tonight. I'm looking forward to watching the Patriots win tonight at 8.30. Ooh, very, very nice. Also want to bring on Josh. Josh, how are you tonight? Doing great, gearing up for Ed Camp Green Bay coming up next Saturday. So things are things are getting crazy, but getting fun. Nice. Want to bring on a principal from Minnesota for making his first appearance on the Tech Educator Show, but certainly not a stranger. You're going to find him after this show every week on the Thirty Second Take Podcast, Mr. Brad Gustafson. Brad, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing well, thanks. I just want to ask David: Don't you ever get sick of the Patriots winning? I'm from Minnesota where football wins are actually special, you know, when they happen. So It, it never gets old. <laughs> okay, I figured that. I had to try. <laughs> Brad, since you're new to our show, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right, I'm an elementary principal. I'm in my seventh year of doing that and love every second of it. And over the, the past several years, we at our school have just seen new and innovative tools emerging and have had success with actually students telling our story using technology. So I was pretty excited when you guys were going to tackle this topic tonight. Nice. And we have a very special guest who is an expert on high-tech ways to communicate with parents from the great company, I guess is the right word, Remind, Mr. Brett Koff. Brett, how are you today? Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. I, I wouldn't call me an expert, but hopefully I'll live up to expectations. And now I am from Chicago, so Josh being a Green Bay fan, I, I won't take that he's a Packers fan. I don't take it very lightly, but it's okay. We'll, we won't hold it against him. All right, so today on the Tech Educator Podcast, we're talking about the NFC Central. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, North, come on. Oh, sorry, I I haven't gotten my divisions right. Thank you guys for showing up today. There has been a lot of stuff going on. And before we get into our topic today, I really just want to showcase some of the great things that are happening over on TeacherCast World. We have spent the weekend completely regenerizing, revamping. 
I've spent all weekend with the babies. We have been completely redoing TeacherCast University. And if you go over to TeacherCastUniversity.com and, uh, and over on TeacherCast.net, you can see we have an amazing lineup of brand new online courses, keynotes, workshops. Right now, we have six complete online courses, one on Google, one on Final Cut, Evernote, Audacity, Green Screening, and I want to showcase this one here in honor of our guest, Brett, coming on. We have taken all the great Remind courses, and we now have a complete page filled with Remind goodies, all teaching you how to use your mobile device to communicate with students. Check that out over at TeacherCastUniversity.com and over at TeacherCast.net. And, of course, as we go through here, we are going to be expanding that section as much as possible. Tonight, guys, we're talking about high-tech ways of communicating with parents. Um, Brad, let me bring you in here as, as our resident principal. Why is it important for teachers to keep you know, their due diligence and communicate with parents? Oh, sure. Communicate with parents? I would say uh, you said teachers, but I think it's everyone's responsibility to engage parents using all tools necessary because when we when – we, leverage the partnership, it's kids who win, and I think part of the engagement, you know, schools traditionally, at least this is my lens, were somewhat one way with communications, but that it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, communication can not only inform, but it can be two-way. It could advance a narrative, uh, you know, move us in on a vision, like right now our kids and teachers are doing some pretty cool things, and I think part of it is my responsibility to let parents know what, what the great things that are happening in our classrooms as well, so we see it as an all-hands-on-deck thing, not just a teacher thing. Brett, let me bring you in here. You, as the one of the co-founders of Remind, have cre- created an amazing resource for teachers and for school districts and for ed campers to communicate with their digital community. Talk to us a little bit about Remind. Give us a little bit about the background here. And you know, I'm really interested in hearing about these new features that you guys have. Yeah, sure. So Remind makes it incredibly easy for teachers to reach students and parents on mobile phones. Teachers can sign up in less than 60 seconds, so it's very lightweight and really simple. And then they can start typing messages like, um, don't forget to study, or great job in your presentations. Um, A lot of coaches will use it saying that uh, practice is canceled because there's um, bad weather. So there's a multitude of things that they use it for. And over the last few months, we've come out with quite a few features. Teachers can upload PDFs. Uh, Word documents or even pictures. So sometimes teachers will go on field trips, take a picture, and then send it to the parents. And then the most recent feature we released is called Stamps. And this is really exciting. So it allows students and parents to engage back on a mobile phone so the teacher can say, how was last week's field trip? And the students and parents on their phone can either click check, X, or question mark. And the teacher or the administrator, Brad, this would work for you too, can get this in real time in, in a matter of like five to ten seconds. And that's that's really exciting. So that's what that's what we do. Why the company started um, is because I have a bunch of learning disabilities. So in fifth grade, I was diagnosed with ADD and dyslexia, and school was always incredibly hard for me. And I thought, man, there's got to be a better way to manage this. And I realized how much I, as a teenager at the time, uh, or I, I guess you could say a young adult, how much I use my phone and how, how much my friends use their phone. And it just kind of dawned on me. I thought, wow, why is there no way to communicate, schedule, organize in my academic life. And so everything we do in our company is built around teachers. We have a belief that teachers provide the greatest leverage to help change the education system. So obviously everyone at the end of the day wants to help students, but we think that the best way to do that is through teachers. And that's what we do. We make really simple 
safe products for teachers to reach students and parents on a mobile phone. Is that good? Does that give a synopsis? No, absolutely. And the neat part is it is able to be used by teachers, by students, like you said, by coaches. We've used it for EdCamp. One of my favorite ways of using it is to actually do weekly baby pictures out. And I love the fact that now I have my followers are now able to actually vote on their favorite edu triplet. Yeah, and yeah that so was, that was the extra use case. So, yeah, well, I, I got the email from you that says, "Hey, thanks to the work with the triplets, we now have had some great success with this." That was really cool to read. I got to tell you on that one. Yeah. Um, could you give well, us a can, little? Can I jump in there real oh, quick? Sure, sure, sure. I just have a quick anecdote. I had uh, when I was out at Google Teacher Academy in uh, San Francisco this past summer, I had a chance to go to Remind headquarters, and one of your engineers there grabbed my ear and talked to me for about an hour. As soon as he found out that I was a teacher, he brought me down and he wanted very specific feedback on really granular elements of the interface. Like, well, what do you think about this? Do you think more teachers would appreciate this or do you think that this would be easier for them? What would be a more effective way to get... And I was really impressed by how focused he was on trying to make this whole process as effective and easy for teachers as possible. That's great. Yeah. Hi, David. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you um, as well. The, the number one most important value in our company, and we only have four values, the number one most important value is actually teacher obsession. And so everyone across the company, whether you're an engineer or a designer or a product manager or a support person, everyone really cares about working on, on making teachers' lives easier and getting feedback from them. So, um, David, I'm glad that we did a good job with that. <laughs> You know, Brett, one of the things that you and I had talked about, I think it was last year when I saw you at ISTE, I said, you know, what brings the success that Remind is having? And your answer was, you just listen. You know, you listen to teachers. You ask these questions. And it's so important that, uh, you know, especially a company like Remind, which is, you know, focusing on digital communication, is so open to getting parent feedback, teacher feedback, student feedback. It's it, it's really, really nice that you guys are, have completely like opened your ears and have been listening for for all this feedback. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's really important to us. And something that Brad said earlier, he used the word partnership. So the partnership between the teacher, the student, the parent, maybe aunt and uncle, maybe it's even grandma and grandpa. We think that the community around the student, it's actually not only the teacher's job, but it's a community's job to help help the student. Um, and a part of what we do is yes, like listening to a ton of feedback from our teachers. Well, I can vouch for what Brett said. I signed up for Remind on Friday just by pure coincidence. Adam Welcome and I kind of had a challenge, and he challenged me to, and it took, I think, just a minute. So now I'm at the now what phase, so maybe you can answer that tonight, Brett. But but I have the tool, and we are ready to rock and roll, and actually a couple of teachers at our school were telling me about it, so I knew I knew it was time. Oh, great. That's awesome. Brett, would you be able to give us a little bit of a demo? Um, I don't know if I could do a phone demo. I could do a demo on the web. Could you do that? Yeah. Um, will you give me a second? Absolutely. Hold it open. So, um, let me see. So while he's getting his screencast up, uh, Brad, let me bring you in here. As far as school districts using a, an app like Remind, talk to us about why this is important, especially in times of, say, emergencies or even where you are, snow closings. <laughs> I mean, instant. I mean, don't you agree, guys? If you get news 15 minutes after it, it it's happened, it's get beginning to be antiquated. I mean, people are really looking for pretty 
up-to-date and the newsletter the newsletter is just about dead I mean there is some value in that but something instant where if parents are wondering it instead of them having to branch out on Facebook and explore for 15 minutes putting that in their hands like I believe Remind can do I mean that's why we're we're uh, in the mix with it now is gold and it's really the expectation in this day and age I'm ready whenever you are excellent uh, screen share away my friend okay great um, let's see screen share um, can you see it yes yep yep you can see the dashboard here yep, yep. okay great um, so I'm, I'm just gonna do a very basic overview in case there's any teachers who haven't heard of remind before um, first of all you can use the website if you're a teacher you can use the iPhone app or you can use the Android app it takes 60 seconds to use the majority of our teachers actually use the mobile apps they're very simple so on the web you can manage all of your classes on the left side and if you wanted to add a class you could just click that button and then over here in the message field, you type what class you want to send a message to. And if you want, you can add multiple classes to it. Um, but I'm just going to leave it to team updates for now. And then on the right side over here, I'm just going to save this. Um, the way that you invite students and parents, we actually give you quite a few ways. You can either have them text a code to a number. They could take a picture via QR code. We give a link. Um, or you can actually invite them by entering an email address or even a phone number. So we've really been working on a, a lot of different ways to get students and parents to be able to sign up because that's actually one of the, the main pieces of feedback we've heard from teachers is that we want to use the product, but we're having a little bit of difficulty getting students and parents to sign up to make that easier. So that's one of the things we're working on. And so I, as a teacher, have a unique class code. And so this cla class code is Team Update. And then this is the phone number. And so students and parents can either text that code to that number, and I, as a teacher, will never see their phone number. So a big proponent of our company is built around safety. A teacher never sees a student's number, and a student never sees a teacher's number. Um, the students and parents can also use the app to just search that class code and subscribe to it. And then you could see here that a bunch of people are subscribed to the class. The majority of our company uh, happens to be subscribed to it. And we use it every day to send messages. And so I typed a message here that says, this is a test. Brett is doing a live demo with teachers as we speak. Stamp if you got this. I'm going to hit send. All right, and there it is. It's sent. Now, I got it on my phone. You obviously can't see it, but I promise you I did because I'm subscribed to the class. And then you'll see here in this feed, we make it impossible, we make it impossible for students, or excuse me, for teachers to ever delete this message. Um, we track a messaging history, and teachers really like that safety feature. Um, and then, oh, you'll see in real time, people are actually stamping my message. So in eight seconds, Nathan Yergler, one of our engineers, oh, he changed it. He gave a star. Arvin, our Android engineer, gave a check. Christine gave a stamp. Look, they're all, they're all coming in right now. Uh, Josh gave a check. Toby gave a star. Jordan gave a star. So the real-time feedback is really powerful. Teachers tend to really like to use this for quizzes. And then, of course, I can see all the scheduled messages that I have going out um, over the next few weeks, few months, or even a few years. So honestly, some people, some teachers will pre-schedule 50 messages before the um, school year even starts and just let it go. Um, so that's, that's the majority of it. And then we also made it really easy for teachers to share with students and parents or other teachers. They can copy the link. They can share and invite Remind via email. They could share it on Facebook or Twitter or Pinterest. So the entire ethos of our company is built around simplicity, safety for teachers, 
on a mobile phone. Now, teachers happen to like using the dashboard as well, but the majority of our users um, use Remind on the web. So I'll stop there for a second and see if anyone has questions. Absolutely. We have a chat going over here that's just very, very active over at teachercast.tv. And they have a question about the SMS messages. Is that going to be taking up any of the user's data plan or the student's data plan? No, text messaging doesn't take up anything of the data plan. It's just, it's just messaging. So um, usually students and parents and teachers, for that matter, have unlimited texting. If they don't, then this will, this will apply. And so we always say message rates do apply. We don't charge um, teachers, students, and parents for texting, but if they don't have a plan, it will cost like a typical text message. Does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. We have a few other questions coming in here. Where is the future of this? I know you guys just came out with, you know, it was, it was originally a, a one-way communication. Now you've got stamps. Where would you like to see this technology maybe in the next year? That's a good question. So, you know, we have over a million teachers and 17 million students and parents using this all across the U.S. and Canada. Um, I think that over the next 12 months, we're really going to be focused on internationalizing the product and making it even simpler. Um, so working on features like scheduling and making that much easier, this feature here where a teacher can pre-schedule a message, um, making that simpler, making stamps even simpler. Uh, making the messaging product on the, on the mobile phone even simpler. In the much grander vision of where we're going, we want to make communication between teachers, students, and parents really simple and really easy on a mobile phone. Um, so that's, that's the route that we're going on. You know, and, and you said, what is due to remind success? I think that we've been humbly successful, but we're, I believe, in our infancy and have a really, a really long way to go. Um, you know, there's, what, over over a billion and a half teachers, students, and parents in the world. And, you know, we have 17 or 18 million. So we have a really long way to go. And we're, we're super excited about working with teachers to get there. And when I say that, we have um, – actually, let me sign on for a second. I'll show you this really fast. Um, we have a, a teacher advisory board. I don't remember where we put it. Ah, there we go. It's for teachers. There's two things. Sorry for the pause. Um, we've spent a lot of time – working with teachers to make it really simple for them to share the product. So if you go to remind.com slash teachers, uh, we give presentations of what the product is and how to use it. You can download presentations. We, get, we built a back-to-school guide. We have a bunch of letters in case administrators want to use it. One of the main pieces of feedback that we get from teachers often is, how do you use Remind? When they first sign up for it, they're like, oh, great, I can send a reminder. But then when they, other teachers or when they read that they can send messages about motivation, or they can use it for field trips, or they can use it for quizzes. It really, it's really exciting because there's so many different use cases. And the last thing, I know I'm talking a little bit here. I'll, I'll be quiet after this. We really spend a lot of time cultivating relationships with teachers. This is our, our teacher advisory board. We have roughly, I think, 60 or 70 teachers, K through 20. So it's not just K-12, K through 20, all across the U.S. and Canada. And we're talking with these teachers literally every single week to get feedback on our products. So when I say it's really core to the value of our company to be working with them, we really mean it. Hey. So a lot me, of friends on there. A lot of friends on there. Good. Yeah. A lot of good people on there. Let me ask another important question because some people have asked me, do I ever see the day where I think Remind is going to have video instead of just pictures? And... What do you think about that? I mean, is this the system where you can see, okay, I'm going to send out a picture to my students or I'm going to send out a five-second video? 
if you had information like that, is it better to put a one sentence text with a long PDF file? Like what are the best ways to really utilize the system that we have here? Well, we just launched voice clips, so you can record a 15-second voice message and send it to students or parents, and it works on a mobile app or text messaging, meaning students or parents can receive it via SMS, and that's really exciting, and I know that we started the conversation saying how we're using really advanced technology, and the technology, you know, it's, it's really cool, but we operate on, in some of the lowest-income districts in the country because we work via SMS, and I think that's important. So we have voice now. Um, I'll actually flip the question back to you, um, Josh, David, and Brad, because I don't know the answer to it. I mean, if, if video is something that would solve a problem for you as teachers and help you engage with students and engage with parents better, then we definitely consider it. So I, I'd ask you guys if it would be helpful, and, and the people following on Twitter. I, I think that's a great question. You know, I know when it comes to making screencasts and then doing things like flipping your classroom and if you're making videos, being in the video as a teacher, um, you know, a lot of a lot of the uh, big teachers are out there doing the screencasts have found a lot more success when they're in the video as opposed to their, just their disembodied voice over mm -hmm. something. So I think that if there was an option someday to do a little, you know, Vine-like video clip as a mm -hmm. part of this, I think that would be a really useful feature. And I, I'd have to second. I mean, one of my favorite apps that I use with friends is called Glide, which is essentially they give you five minutes of video. You just video talk back, and it's like Voxer, but with, but with video. And you know, like you said, just to be able to do some of that stuff. I don't know. Um, all these different things. I'm sure you guys get product requests all the time. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. Pretty cool, though. I mean, as far as things are going, first of all. I want to say congratulations for all the great news. I saw you guys in Forbes. Yep. Yeah, so so we, we raised a little bit of money from some really great investors. And, um, you know, I want to clarify, it's an important point. The reason that we raised that money is so we can continue to be really focused on creating an incredible product for teachers, students, and parents. And so what the next 18 months looks like is hiring more people, engineers, designers, support people. And we I think we have four or five teachers on staff now, which I'm really excited about. And then a big emphasis on uh, international. Nice. Nice. Do you see the day where you can – are you looking at like international meaning Germany to Germany or USA to Germany? Or does it matter? Everything. Everything works. Everything. Nice. Guys, I think that Remind is one of those best ways for any school district that is looking to go high tech. Um, Brad, let me bring you in here as the principal. If you were out there making a pitch to other school districts to get onto Remind, how would you pitch it to them? Well, I don't know. I, I need to learn more about it. I, I'm really excited by what I'm hearing tonight, so definitely I'm I'm seeing the applications. The question I have is for Brett, what, what's the parent feedback been? It's really great. You know, it's funny. When we started the company, I, I thought that only students would like it because, you know, students, the average, the average student sends, I think it's 4,999 texts a month, either that or 3,999. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, and so I thought it would only be students. But parents love it, and the reason mm -hmm. is because it's very lightweight. It's not a clunky 10-page newsletter. They can be at work, working, whatever, mm -hmm. 40, 50, 60 hours a week. They get a message on their phone, and then they know. And the powerful thing is they mm -hmm. come home, and they say, sweetie, what did you do for, for homework tonight, or how was your school day? And the student will say, it was good, or the student will say, oh, I don't have any homework. And mom or dad could say, eh, kind of did. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, mm -hmm. let's work on it. And so, like... I think parents really like it because it's very simple, it's very safe, and it's it's just easy. It's simple, it's simple, simple. I can't emphasize that enough. 
Hmm. Pretty, pretty neat stuff. Brett, I want to say thank you so much for, for taking the time. I know your schedule's really compact tonight, but I, I, I wanted to take time. If there are any questions out there, Brett, where can we find you on Twitter for the people that are on, in our chat room tonight? So the best way to get at us is RemindHQ. So it's twitter.com slash RemindHQ. And then if you ever have questions, problems, or you're just curious, just email us at contact at Remind.com. Nice. And you guys also have a Twitter. Is it Remind Help? Is that what I'm thinking? We do. Um, I never use it, though. <laughs> I, 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 uh, <laughs> you caught me. Sorry. Caught tongue. Um, I'll edit that remind, one. <laughs> uh, Natalie and, and Claire and Mino from our team are going to be mad at me that I didn't know this. Yes, <laughs> it is Remind Help. I honestly only spend time watching the, the Remind HQ um, channel. But, yes, Remind HQ, uh, there's multiple ways to get in contact with us. So we have a support team of five people who are working around the clock to answer individual tickets one by one with human beings. We think that's very important. We're not going to try to like scale and not care about um, not care about support. Support is really critical to us because uh, we believe that for too long teachers unfortunately have had to use technology that that hasn't been great. And when they have questions, we believe they should have someone to answer them. So we really care about that. So you can reach out on support or social media, or you can just email us. And I think you guys also have a great blog out there too. So if you have, if you guys are sitting there looking around, blog.remind.com. Yeah. Brett, thank you so much. I, I know you got to you got to run, but but thank you so much for your time, man. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate thank it. you nice very much. much. Brett okay. from Remind.com. Check them out, guys. Download all their free stuff. Good stuff. Bye bye. High tech ways of communicating with parents. You know. Remind is a great example right there of a free source for teachers and and school districts to reach out in times of emergency. But there are other ways that maybe are good if maybe their community isn't as high tech. Josh, you and I were talking earlier about ways that you can set up school Facebook pages to communicate with high tech. Talk to us a little bit about ways that you've used high, uh, use, you've used your Facebook page. Sure, absolutely. So uh, one of the tasks I got uh, asked to help with this year at my new school was to create uh, some social media pages to help promote our school and, and tell our story and, and say and share about the positive things that we're doing. And just in hearing from other great leaders out there like Joe Sanfilippo, uh, kind of talking about branding your school and, and you tell your story because if you don't tell your story, somebody else will. So it was really important to me to get that started. So I'm just going to briefly show the pages I have set up and then get into the get into the tech demos here about how to set it up. And it's it's pretty simple, and I hope I can show that it's pretty easy to manage from a school perspective. Uh, and and I think it's really important in this day and age because between really Facebook and Instagram, you're going to get a lot of a lot of connections there, and, and Twitter as well. I think it just is another component of that. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and throw on my screen share. There we go. All right. So I have set up Facebook and Twitter pages. I need some graphics help, but that'll come. Uh, and I just post things about the school, give the school a little personality. When people ask me to put things up, I do that. I try and post several times a week. And one thing I always try and do is post pictures. I find pictures are are just great because they say pictures are worth a thousand words, and 
I agree. So less text, more pictures. Uh, they tell our stories. So we have pictures of several different things. Here's an event from uh, one of our green and gold days. I'm sure Brad loves looking at that. <laughs> and then I also have that paired up with a Twitter account and an Instagram account. So it's a great way to connect. I find that Facebook connects with the parents really well. In Instagram, actually, a lot of students are on there. Uh, so let me go through a little bit about setting this up. So I started a, a Facebook page, and it's actually really simple to do that, uh, to start a page and just get it up and running. And in a second here, once I go through the really quick demo, I'm going to ask Brad for, for some advice as well because he's being an administrator. I'd love to hear his thoughts on this. Um, so I'm at Facebook right now, and I actually made a separate account with my school email, so that way there's really no attachment to my personal email. So I'm only showing this for demo purposes. Uh, and just right on the top right, just go right to Create Page. And then it'll give you a few different options here to choose. Uh, for Education, I feel that falls in under Company, Organization, and Institution. And then it asks you to choose a category, one of which is Education. And then a company name. I'm just going to do. I'm just going to delete this page once we're done, and get started. And actually, at this point, your page is pretty much made. You should definitely fill in this place here because I won't let you go through without this. But this is really the last thing that you need to do, and then your page is out there. So once this is in, you know, obviously you should have a profile picture. Uh, that's really important. Ours is our school uh, mascot and logo. But other than that, that's all you need to get started, and then your page is out there. So I could skip through the rest of these. I'll add it to my favorites because then it's really easy to get to from my left side area on my main screen. And now I'm in, and I have this page, and it's ready to go. And it gives you some of the little screen tips here and and you're up and you can post and the next part is just getting it out there so that parents know about it um, one thing I do set up on this and that was something that was in communication with with my administrators at least as it got started was up here in the settings we actually started it by in this posting ability section we actually went in and disabled posts now I'll be interested to hear Brad's feedback or anybody else's feedback on this because this is the way our school chose to go. And part of it was they wanted to be able to share our story. They wanted to be able to put things out there. They were very concerned about public comments and some disgruntled person getting on there and doing some things and saying some things. I know you can moderate posts a little bit, uh, but that was the concern, so that's why we set it that way. Uh, so those are really the basics of setting up a page. Then it's just promoting it and using it and, and saying the saying the good stuff. So I'm going to pause for a second here and get some feedback. Thanks for taking the time to, to show us with that. Uh, Brad, let me bring you in here again as the administrator. I know personally I've dealt with several school districts when it comes to setting up Facebook pages. And I've dealt with school districts who basically have this philosophy of let's lock everything down. And I've also dealt with school districts whose philosophy was let's open everything up and let the community police it. And yes, I understand that at, at, with that point of view, some people can 
come in and say some bad things, but this is Facebook. It has your name on it for mo- for the most part. And of course, if you don't like anything, you can delete it. Where do you fall in your uh, philosophies with this, Brad? I mean, um, should we be locking everything down? Should we be not locking it down? Should we have comments, but comments approved? What do you think as far as parent communication here? Sure. I think for me, it boils down to an overarching philosophy that we really do want to partner with, with the community, bring them into our school, whether that means physically or, or using digital tools. And like uh, uh, I'm Josh shared, we've got to share the story, okay? And because our kids, our kids deserve that narrative to be to shared. So if there's something innovative or something a student put a really good effort in, we want that. That's where I fall. If we're if we're locking that down, then parents are missing out, and the partnership I think is diminished. Ten-second uh, story. I remember last year, my wife sent me a, a five-second video on my cell phone. It was of my daughter riding bike for the first time without training wheels, and I just remember getting that as a dad, and it was so cool. I was a little bit jealous I wasn't home with her to experience that, but I felt very connected at that moment. Schools can and should do the exact same thing. So it's not just about the bike riding, but if uh, whether it's good character or um, you know academic accolades or kids inventing things in the classroom, we can bring parents in who otherwise would not be able to be there. I think it's very important. So you know, to answer your question, Jeff, I think we need to empower teachers and principals to be able to do that in a safe, safe way. Safely is certainly an important way. You know, one of the things that also has a setback here when it comes to these high-tech ways of communication. People have always asked me, is this something else for me to do? Like, do I have to now write a newsletter, make a phone call, write a blog, do a this, do a that? But Josh, there's ways that we can connect these various communications so that way you only have to do one action and then other things happen. Talk to us a little bit about ways that we can connect these technologies together so whoever the social media person might be for a building only really has to do one task. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that makes a lot of sense. And right now I'm the guy for my school and soon I might be the guy for two different schools. So when I look at my time and the things I can do and the fact that oddly enough, these things are blocked for teachers at school. So I actually have to do this at home. What's going to take, what's going to be good for me to get it out there. What's going to take the least amount of time. So I'm going to go ahead and show Instagram and how I use that to connect them all. Uh, but that's just only going to be one piece of the story here. So, let's see. And can we all see my phone? No. Nothing at the moment? Yes. We got it. All right. So, we go ahead and go to, out to Instagram here. So, I originate a lot of my posts from Instagram. Now, once again, this is my personal one. Uh, the device that has the school one on it didn't want to play nice with my, my app to show this. Uh, so it, it will look the same. Um, so I originate everything from this app because I can put the picture up here, I can put the caption on it, and then it can connect them all. So it's really as uh, simple as two things. First, you want to make sure that you're linking your accounts, both your Twitter and your Facebook account. Uh, so when I am in here... I want to go ahead and click on the little person at the bottom right to go to my profile. And then at the top right, you have the three dots for the settings. Click on that, and then you have linked accounts. Now, when you're in there, you've got a lot of different accounts that you can link. Uh, But it doesn't really show you all the options you have because I just create a Facebook page, and when I post, 
I don't want to post to my personal Facebook page. I want to post to the one I made for my school. So that's where I'll click on Facebook, and it will actually add in the pages that I moderate, that, that I am an admin of. So when I click on this one I just made, Test School, now when I post a picture from Instagram, it's going to go there. So I'm going to do a little bit of a, of a meta picture here. I'm going to take a picture of my screen, even though it's really blurry and my cell phone camera is awful. Uh, that's besides the point. So I can quickly walk through putting this really Ooh. horrible picture up here. Obviously, you want better quality than that. And then throw on your description. And then at the bottom here, I tap on Facebook and Twitter, click, and it just went to both. So now when I go to my Facebook page, here is that picture that I just sent on Instagram already there. And then when I go to Twitter and I go to me, here is that photo as well. So uh, really awesome, really great, really quick. So I don't have to go to three places to upload this. I have to go to one. Uh, but there's one little quirk that I actually already solved so you don't see it here. Uh, but when you send something, here it is. So there's this tweet right here. It has a link to Instagram, but it doesn't show the picture right in the screen. You actually have to click on the Instagram link to see it. So that, that is a little bit of a downside. So Instagram's great in being able to share out, and it, on Facebook, the picture shows up. But on Twitter, it does not. So there's actually a, another solution for that. And once you set these things up, then they're set up. And then you don't have to mess with them. So that's the best part about it. So the last thing that I'm going to show is how we can use a product called If This Then That to connect all of these things together. So Instagram does great connecting to Twitter. And then we can use If This Then That to bridge tw Instagram and Twitter. So sorry, Instagram connects to Facebook well. And then we can use If This Then That to connect Instagram to Twitter so that picture will show up instead of seeing this. So I'm out here at the website, ifttt.com. And this is the recipe that I made up earlier. And that's what they call them out here, recipes. It's like you're baking something awesome. And it truly is. I mean, there are many uses for this. Um, in this case, here's what I have going on, and I'll walk through showing this recipe in just a second. Uh, but what's happening is if there's any new photo that I add on Instagram, then it's going to post a tweet with that image to my Twitter account. Pretty simple and straightforward, but really powerful. So the first thing you'd want to do if you came out here for the first time is you'd need to sign up for an account. And that's pretty straightforward from the main dashboard. They'd ask you to log in up here. And then the next thing you want to do before you jump in and make a recipe is you actually want to go to channels. And what the channels are, all the different apps that you can connect to if this, then that. And so if you want to connect Instagram and Twitter, you want to make sure you find them in here and make sure that it's activated. So you have to make sure and go in and that you connect these so that way that app knows that this is okay for these to talk. So you'd have to do that for Instagram, and then you'd also want to go in and find Twitter in this list 
and do that as well and make sure they're both activated. Once they are, then you can go into my recipes and you can get it started. So um, recipes and then create a recipe. So then it walks you right through the steps. If this, what's the first step? Well, it's a post on Instagram. So I'm going to scroll down and find Instagram. And then there's a lot of triggers here. The one that I'm looking at is really simple. Any new photo by you. So it fires when there's any new photo that I put on Instagram. And then pretty straightforward, create trigger. So that's happening. What happens after that happens? Then you click on that. And I want it to go to Twitter, so I scroll down, find the little bird. And then I want to post a tweet with that image. So by clicking on this, you'll get a couple caption or a couple options here. These are just code. So it's saying it wants the caption here. That that little description you write when you post on Instagram, that's what this is saying. And then the image URL is grabbing from the source here. So then you click create action. And then you create recipe here. So I already have it, but I made it again. So now I have two of them. So a couple things. You can turn them off and on. So if there's something you have that if you come out here and use it and you're not going to use it, you can turn it off for a while so that way it doesn't fire. Also, I believe it checks about every 15 minutes. So if you really want something up right away after you post it, you would hit refresh after you did an action. So if I were to post on Instagram, I would go on here and refresh, and then it would go to Twitter. So really, really neat. Once you have those set up, then you just post on Instagram, post to Facebook. Uh, but if this trigger set up, it's also going to post to Twitter too. And it just makes life a lot easier to manage these things, and you get to tell your story, which is great. And that's a really neat way to, you know, not only to reach your community, but to be able to get as much stuff done as possible. And the neat part about the if this, then that, that also works on blogs, doesn't it, David? It does. Yeah, it absolutely does. You can set it up with WordPress for sure. And you've been using blogging and WordPress in your profession to help digitally communicate with your network. Talk to us a little bit about the ways that you've been doing it. Sure. Um, you know, after over 10 years of teaching in the classroom, I moved last year to being the library media specialist at my school. And so, you know, the community with which I communicate extended from 16 students and, and their families to now 250 students and their families. And so um, as the librarian and media specialist, uh, the first thing I did was I set up a blog. And, you know, I've been using blogs off and on for many, many years. Uh, and the one that I felt most comfortable with uh, was WordPress. And so I pretty quickly established a WordPress blog for the upper school library um, as a way to communicate not only with students but with their families as well. And so I'll very quickly just sort of show you what uh, I have going on here. Okay. Can you see my upper school library blog? Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, one of the things I really like about WordPress is, you know, the variety and the quantity of themes that you have available to you and, and the fact that you can go in and you can actually edit the CSS to customize the way you want it to look uh, pretty, pretty specifically. And so I set this blog up um, and use it for a number of reasons. Uh, I use it 
uh, to talk about you know monthly updates to the the library when we got our 3D printer, uh, we got our Google Glass, um, but also events that we have. So every month we have a you know a Magic the Gathering event in the library, and so you know Thursday October 9th from six to eight, I have that in there. But I also have, uh, you know, this week we're having our first Makerspace event. We're going to be doing the Cardboard Challenge. And so, uh, you know, I've got a, a post in there with the video, Kane's Arcade, uh, which started this entire Cardboard ca uh, Challenge um, global movement on imaginative play. And so I have that in there as well. And this blog gets posted, uh, and I have lots and lots of students who have followed it, you know, so in the, the nice thing about WordPress is you can follow a blog, so anytime I update with a new post, it will send out a notification to everyone who's followed, um, and that includes parents as well, and so parents will get this information, uh, and they'll be, you know, informed as to what's happening in the library, uh, but also as a library, uh, what our collection is and how it's continuing to change and evolve with the needs of the community. And so uh, every month we get our library book uh, order arrives from our Baker and Taylor distributor. And uh, I will go through um, each time they come in and I will uh, write up reviews of each book. Um, I will go through and let's see if I can find one real quick. Um, new books, this is from last year, right? So we're still off to a uh, slow start here. So time is moving quickly, spring break is nigh. And then with this theme that I have, I have the accordion uh, option in here. So I've created uh, the new books that have come in. Uh, I have not only embedded the image, the cover image, uh, but I've also put in a blurb for it as well. So students who are interested in figuring out what the new books are each month uh, can come through. And if they're looking specifically for fiction or historical fiction or fantasy, can go through and sort of select before they even have to come into the library. And so lots of them will come in and say, oh, I saw that you have this new book. Uh, I'd really like to read it. And they come in already informed as to what it is that they want. And so that's great for communicating with students. But what I'm finding is that more and more families come in, and they kind of want to be in the loop as to what their students are reading or maybe also uh, want to have some recommendations to give to their kids as well. And so they'll come in to me and say, what are some good books? What are some things that I can recommend to my son or my daughter who used to be a really you know, uh, fast reader, uh, really excited about reading, and has uh, kind of dwindled a little bit as they got older? Well, what I do is I send out this link to them as well because then they can be up to, up to speed on what the books are coming into our library. But not every book is going to have you know, a lot of excitement around it. Some of them are, are duds when they come in, even though I go through and spend lots of time figuring out which ones I think will be good. Sometimes my aim is off and, and a book will come in, and I'll think it's going to be great. And in fact, it's not. Uh, and so what I wanted to do is uh, I wanted to crowdsource some of the recommendation process to students. I wanted them to be able to uh, you know, give recommendations to one another in an effective and pretty seamless way. And I came across something uh, through Harvard's Library Innovation Lab uh, it called the Awesome Box. And it's really simple. Um, so you know, it's awesomebox.io. And it's, it's a very simple process, but I will attest to the fact that it's really made some, some inroads here at our school. Uh, essentially what you do is you have a separate uh, inbox. So when a, when a student brings back a book that they've read or a DVD or an audio book, whatever it is, anything that they've taken out from the library, 
rather than put it in the collection box, they put it into something called the awesome box if they think whatever it was that they took out was in fact awesome. If they wanted to recommend it to someone else, put it in the awesome box. And the awesome box is set up with a really simple uh, script um, to create a separate scanning that connects to our library database, right? And so what happens is a student will come in and if they think a book was awesome, they put it in the awesome box. I take that book out and I will scan it in this separate uslibrary.awesomebox.io scan website. And so what that does is when I scan that, it automatically uh, sends out a tweet through the Upper School Library Twitter account that says, you know, another awesome return, and here's the link to it, and here's how to find it in the library collection. But it also creates, without any extra work on my part, so this makes me think of IFT a little bit and some of the, the offshoring of some of this work, uh, is it creates this Upper School Library Awesome Box website where a student can come or a parent can come and see what are the books or the audiobooks or the movies that students are highly recommending to each other. The most recently awesome thing that came in is called My uh, Big Fat Disaster. And I had this incredible conversation with a student who brought this book in the other day, thought it was one of the best books they ever read, put it in the awesome box. So now if I'm a student and I'm looking for something good to read. I can come here to the awesome box. If I'm a parent and I'm looking for something to suggest to my son or daughter, I can come to this website and see not only what are the things that Mr. Saunders recommends, but what are the things that my classmates, my peers would recommend as well. And so I would strongly recommend the awesome box as a way of communicating with your student population, but also with the families as well. And so I would say in tandem, the blog and the awesome box have been great ways for me to communicate uh, with our population here in the upper school. That's pretty neat there, Dave, but I've never heard of awesome box before. Awesome, let's say awesome.box.io? It's, it's just awesomebox.io. Nice. Yeah. De definitely check that out. And uh, yeah, that, I definitely have to check that one out there. So we've talked about various ways. We've talked about using Remind to use text message and email communications. We've talked a little bit about blogging and ways to use that. We've talked a little bit about Facebook. Brad, you yes. use a completely different version of technology to communicate with people. You're using an app called TouchCast, aren't you? We do use Touch. TouchCast would be in my awesome box. All what, right, can we arrange that? What is TouchCast and uh, how are you using it? All right, first of all, TouchCast is easy, otherwise I wouldn't be using it. It's a, a video production app that allows users to create up to five-minute videos, and basically we, we get students in front of the camera and we let them share the amazing things that their teachers are doing, that they're doing, and then some school-wide events as well. So in essence, it's, it's a digital principal's new, newsletter. I know Tony Sananis, Kurt Reese are doing something similar. That's where I got the idea. Um, and basically, we, we can get fancy with green screen and title bars and all these things that make it look like it has a professional aesthetic. But I have to say, some of the most meaningful time that I have in my week is that working lunch I spend with kiddos where they're creating the newsletter instead of me generating like this five-page principles blah that maybe three people read and one of them is maybe my mom. But now like parents are 
quoting things in the videos and coming back to us with feedback on what the kids have produced and they're developing good you know digital citizenship and some discernment like should we post that uh, is this really the message that we want to send and it, it's just it's great great fun too to connect with the kids so that's touchcast in a nutshell and so you're creating weekly is it weekly videos or are you, are you doing daily videos at this point no, we do a weekly news uh, video, and literally it has, for the most part, supplanted my principal's newsletter that I used to type once a week for our e-news. Um, sometimes I'll add some important commentary underneath the video link, but in essence, it, we go around the horn, we call it, and kindergarten through fifth grade, that's what our school is, they'll each share a learning highlight, and similar to something that was shared earlier, you know, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or Remind Messages, uh, it these are the videos that can ignite dinnertime conversations, so instead of parents like myself saying what'd you do today or did you learn anything parents are getting once a week you know oh they're studying life cycles of butterfly larvae in in first grade or second grade fifth graders are multiplying by decimals and doing this and that and it's just really uh, sometimes kids will have pictures sometimes we'll have them highlight upcoming you know anti-bullying campaigns and events but the the power of the picture and the kids the kids sharing their story is 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 critical. We talk a lot about amplifying student voice. So that's a key skill in 21st century. How do we amplify student voice if we never give kids a chance to to practice this type of communication? And the answer is not very well. So this this is just one way to give them an authentic audience, whether that's mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, or the world. And kids love it. And and I love it. Well, I'm glad you're talking about video here because just as Josh was talking about Facebook and setting up things like you know parent controls and approved comments, I'm assuming that you take your TouchCast videos and you put those up on a YouTube channel? That's exactly what we do. And we, is that you know, a district we, or YouTube? Is it a school? And, and it, are the comments approved? Talk to us a little bit about some of those controls there. Sure, sure. It, it, you know, it, it varies. And the reason I upload to YouTube, because more people have YouTube access uh, than, than TouchCast. T TouchCast is growing, and I, I have reason to believe it'll just be huge, and it'll be a household common thing in, in the next year or so. That's how quality this app is. But for now, we do the YouTube thing. It really depends on what the product is that we've created. It, um, sometimes I'll, I'll uh, disable comments and such just because there's no need for, for the comments. We do have comments live on our Facebook page, on the uh, our school's hashtag, GWGreats on Twitter. Those are all live and very interactive, but sometimes when kids are just sharing the news um, or, or maybe like creating worldwide book reports and doing special projects, we don't necessarily need people uh, you know critiquing them. So it kind of varies. If it's me just sharing, then uh, comment away. Bring it on. <laughs> And it is so important that I think educators are out there creating things, sharing things, coming up with new ways to keep the parent communication. I know in my own, you know, in my own profession right now, it is sometimes very difficult to find those few precious moments to pick up the phone. And they're important that we still do all those things. Parents do like newsletters. They do like the personal phone calls. But in order to communicate, for me, I simply either remind my parents and students. I have all of my parents and all of my kids on our remind account, or I also have them sign up to our WordPress blog. And also we're running the Facebook channel. So everything goes out there and to order, you know, it doesn't matter if you're looking for something video or visual or audio, it's just important that we continue to communicate all the great stuff. You know, as Eric Scheniger says, tell your story. You be the one that's telling all the great stuff that's happening. And through these various forms of high-tech communication, we can certainly do that. Brad, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Tell us where we can find you and also tell us what 
this 30-second take is. It's a wonderful show, and if you haven't checked it out, it happens here live after the Tech Educator show comes off. Brad, where can we find you and uh, give us a little bit about the show? Sure thing. So I'm at Gustafson Brad on Twitter. That's probably the easiest way. And as far as the 30-second take podcast, the premise is very simple. We bring in two educators each week, and they basically go head-to-head in a digital duel where they're each given about 30 seconds to respond to a single guiding question. And, and the thinking is, if you can't explain something in 30 seconds, then you, you might need to go revisit you know, what you really think about it. Um, because often, we don't have much time to share with a parent who inquires about something. They're, they're not looking for a 10-minute uh, exposition on, on X, Y, and Z. They just want to know 30 seconds about something. So that's the podcast. And for me, personally, it's getting in the mix and learning how to, to create a podcast so that myself, when I'm working with students, I can empower them to do that. Because if I'm not learning how, how in the world are we going to ultimately have our kids be creating responsibly? So that's kind of the side bonus for me. It's empowering our, our learners and making a difference that way. So. Love the concept. And again, right after this show, each and every week, we have the 30 Second Take podcast. I believe tonight we've got episode 12. Tell us who's on the show tonight again. All right. First, I, we're going to talk Green Bay Packers on the show just a little bit. So I know you'll like that. All right. But we have uh, Jason Bretzman taking on Tom Whitford. So it's going to be a good one. Nice. Right. Nice. Yep. David, uh, thank you for being here tonight. Tell us where we can find more about your stuff. Yeah, sure. Again, first of all, this was a great show. I had a great time on here, and it was a lot of good stuff to share, so thank you for that. Um, you can find me at Design Saunders on Twitter anytime, and uh, just let me know how I can help. Excellent. Josh, tell us a little bit about where we can find more information about you, and please end it with Go Pack Go. <laughs> okay, I'll have to. You know, and I, and I should clarify for Brad's sake that even though I live in Green Bay, I am not a huge Packers fan. Like, I like them, but they're not my number one. Uh, but anyways, I will finish with that for you, Jeff. <laughs> anyways, you can find me uh, on multiple places, and it's usually the same, uh, at Mr. G Fact of the Day. And that is, uh, I don't know, I give my random musings on life and, and education there. And go Pack Go! Nice. And of course, you can check out all the great stuff happening over at the new rebranded TeacherCast.net. Check it out today. We have got some great stuff. Last night, we just posted a brand new course on Audacity. Um, You might remember we did a show here on the Tech Educator Show uh, sometime over the summertime on Audacity. It is a great audio recording app. It's free, and it is only for your PC. So for you non-Mac users, Audacity is great. We have a three-course online uh, online course that you can find over at TeacherCast University on using Audacity. And we have over a dozen or so brand new Evernote lessons. And of course, our brand new segment on Google Drive and Under 5 is doing really, really well. So stay tuned after this show is done. We are going to... Uh, let's see. We are going to have episode 12 of Brad's amazing 30 second take podcast. Now I want to end the show just a little bit different. Brad, would you have the honors please of, 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 of taking us out of this show by saying those two words that you say every single morning to us, you know what they are, Brad, the show is yours. All right. I think it's just one word, but it's hello. Let's get busy with the 30 second Take. Bring it on. Fasten your seatbelt. It's the 30 Second Take Podcast. Where two people face off in a digital duel. 
episode 12 of the 30 Second Take Podcast. Hi, I'm Brad Gustafson. We are also celebrating Connected Educator Month. Jason Bretzman is back. If you remember, he is the co-author of Flip 2.0. He'll be taking on none other than Tom Whitford in this week's Digital Duo. The question they'll both be tackling is, what does PLN mean to you? Now, I have a lot of faith in Tom. He has tackled two two 600-pound animals in his career. He once caught a 600-pound bluefin marlin while deep-sea fishing, and he also tangled with a 600-pound bear while camping in Minnesota. And technically speaking, I guess the bear just sniffed his pockets. But hey, that counts, right? I've never done that. All right. What does PLN mean mean to you? This ought to be good. Welcome to our digital duel. Cast your vote for the most compelling response. The winner returns next week to defend the title. That group of impactful people who add to my life as a professional educator and are open to my ideas, too. We've determined that we're in this together and we're here to support each other with links, advice, anything. But not only that. My PLN challenges me, makes me think, and even inspires me just when I need it. My learning network is professional, personal, powerful, and it's pervasive. It's not that the PLN across the hall is lacking. It's that the PLN across the country is so far beyond. The connections through social media are not bound by distance and time, but only by our own imaginations. And sometimes the best part is when the relationships develop into an FLN, because the friendships are real. So what is PLN to me? PLN is a personalized learning network. It's a network of connections that you've made through social media for you to connect with folks that aren't next to you every day. Folks that are out there, the the thought leaders on leadership, the uh, tech masters and gurus, the folks that you can turn to for reading, writing advice, and things like that. Those are the people that you can connect with and build your own learning. Personalize the network to your needs. You use a variety of tools that you can use as well. Connect with those people, build your PLN, and embrace the community of learners that are out there. Now that is definitely a Green Bay Packer first down. The amount of Green Bay Packer paraphernalia in that man's office was borderline obscene. I'm actually jealous, though. Way to go, Tom. And Jason, you you always bring it. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. There really is no right or wrong answer here. PLN is a a personal thing. Ultimately, when educators connect, it's kids who win. But we are going to ask you to throw a vote on the hashtag for either Tom or Jason. It's on Twitter. It's hashtag 30 second take. Uh, votes via Voxer, direct message are just fine too. Those have been rolling in and we're, we're happy to work with those. Make it a great day, everyone.